0: Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com.
1: Welcome to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. I'm Matthew of Castingacross.com, where I explore the quarry and culture of fly fishing. This is being recorded at the end of February and I've got about a foot of snow that's going to be showing up any time in the next 24 hours, but that doesn't mean that I'm not thinking about dry fly fishing. In fact, although I enjoy fishing streamers, and I like fishing nymphs, and I know that there's some of you that that's your preferred method of fishing, I think you can probably appreciate, even if you have some sort of predisposition to utilizing some other technique to catch fish and catch lots of fish, that there is just something special about dry fly fishing. And when you think of that idyllic springtime moment, for me at least, it's watching bugs come off the water, watching fish ripple the surface as they chase them, and trying to imitate that and, and catch those trout. So again, I'm not saying dry fly fishing is the only way. I'm not saying that that is the only way to be a purist. I'm not saying that is, is the most effective way to catch fish, but it's a fun way to catch fish. And, I, and again, I think that most of us can appreciate that. So, there's a lot that goes into catching fish on dry flies. I would say that it's not the most complicated, but it has aspects that are as complicated, if not more complicated, than any other technique out there. And there's so much that can be said about that. But the way that I think about about fishing is that your um, skill and your proficiency and your experience are probably the most important things, but your gear can help you, and I would even say that your gear can kind of add a little bit of a boost to your skill, and as you get experience, you can winnow down what you use and why you use it, and you can appreciate that you can work a little bit smarter and not harder if you have the right stuff. So, as per usual, um, I'm not advocating you go out and buy an entirely new dry fly setup. That might be what you want to do. Um, I had a a friend, uh, a couple of, uh, goodness almost decades ago, but he really wanted to hone in his dry fly fishing. And so he went and got rod line gear, and then would only pack dry flies so that he was forced into being a better dry fly fisher. Um, I'm not saying you have to do that. That's a fun thing to do. Uh, but I'm not saying you have to do that. You don't have to have specialized gear. I mean, Think about uh, just a normal all-around trout setup, something that is proficient for casting dry nymphs, and streamers, something that is okay for making 20-foot casts and something that's okay for making 60-foot casts. Uh, are you able to fish a dry fly with that? Yeah, you can use your 8.5-foot 5-weight that you can also throw a size 10-weighted streamer on and still make a great cast with a size 16 hares caddis. I mean, that's totally reasonable. That being said... If you're saying, you know what, I fish more dry flies than not, or I wonder how I can get a little bit more performance out of my casting, my presentation, my dry fly fishing, that's what we're going to talk about today. Again, another caveat, if you've listened to the podcast enough, you know that I'd like to have three or four layers of caveats, lest anyone have uh, any really blatant accusations to level at me regarding the way that I approach fly fishing. The other, the other caveat, of course, is that every one of us is different. Our casting stroke is different, and maybe even the way we think about fishing is different, but really our our casting is different. Uh, So even though we all effectively have the same mechanics that get the fly line to where it's supposed to be, and in dry fly fishing, with that uh, presentation that is going to give a very natural uh, drift of 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 a fly before a fish... We still all have different casting mechanics, so what might be good for one person is not going to be good for another. Now, of course, there's a relatively you know, um, reasonable uh, standard uh, of, of what makes a good dry fly rod, and that's what I'm going to talk about. So those are a couple of caveats. I'm sure I'll throw in a few more here, but again, this is not how to go buy the right gear. This is how to think about the gear that you already have, or if you are in the market for something, how to maybe think about stuff uh, as you are making some informed choices, given that we are a few months away from the season really beginning in earnest. But then also just thinking about maybe things you have that you you might not be using up to their potential. So we'll go through a couple things, maybe throw a few dry fly fishing tips and techniques in there. Uh, There are absolutely plenty of resources out there within Casting and Cross and then absolutely outside. So We'll start with the most important thing when you're fishing dry flies, tippet. Yes, fly rods are exciting and they're fun and they're important, but I think that for $4, you can really improve your dry fly fishing by having the right tippet. Now uh, there's a couple different aspects to this. The first is, are you using a tippet that is supple? So you want something that is not too rigid. And this is going to vary from brand to brand. I have been a devoted Orvis Super Strong monofilament user for a long time, a, a real long time, and I will readily admit that a lot of that is just comfort, and a lot of that is just being aware of how the material works. They reformulated it, I think, about maybe six years ago, and I actually liked the improvement and so i didn't go shop around i have used other tippets here and there Um, i certainly use other things as i'm I'm doing more complicated um, streamer and uh, nymph fishing but for most of my all-around fishing i use orvis super strong now that might not be your favorite you might not like it you might have something else that you like but i have found that i like it and one of the reasons why i like it so much is because it is not going to have a lot of memory and it is not super rigid and so what this means for making a dry fly presentation is that whether i'm using 7x down to a midge or i'm using 5x to a big puffy attractor fly that that fly is going to be what the current influences assuming i'm not using too thick of a tippet as opposed to that tippet so uh, you've all experienced drag what is drag drag is that fly being moved not by the current but the line leader or tippet being moved by the current in such a way that it moves the fly after it so the fly is not moving at a natural speed the, according to the current the line leader or tippet are moving with the current and the fly is being dragged behind it i think we all know what that means but it's good to be able to define terms so why do i say that you should buy good tippet and again i'm not advocating for for the orvis product that i i mentioned earlier find something that works for you, but find something that is not too rigid. There are a lot of great reasons to have firmer tippet in different fly fishing setups, and especially as you are building your own leaders, which I will touch on here in a little bit, but not at length because I have other podcasts and articles about that. Um, Using rigid, uh, more firm tippet further up into your leader construction can be very, very helpful, even when fishing dry flies. But that last bit of tippet, the tippet proper, what connects your leader to your fly. Um, it needs to be supple and it needs to be the right stuff. So if you have been using too rigid of tippet, go out there and feel some other stuff. Get online, find out what people are saying. Uh, again, I'm not going to make, uh, I, I said what I like to use, but there's other stuff out there. Find what people are saying that they like to use. Um, go in and touch it. You can feel a difference between brand to brand, stuff that's more rigid and stuff that's more, more soft. Um, and then once you get that, be willing to use long lengths of the stuff, use long lengths of the stuff. When I was fishing a lot of spring creeks, I would routinely go like almost my entire wingspan. I'm five, seven and a half on a good day, five, eight in waiting boots. But I guess that doesn't affect my, my wingspan. I would usually go about, you know, fingertip to fingertip of tippet material. When I was fishing over spooky fish. With, uh, with dry flies. I know people that would use longer lengths than that, but the reason is I wanted as little as possible in that water influencing my flies' drift because especially when fish are being spooky, when fish are being selective, when fish have been feasting on natural bugs all day in a hatch or even just intermittent bugs coming off, I don't need anything complicating that. Also, I think that it really helps with a delicate presentation. I don't think it it does. It helps with a delicate presentation to have that fly kind of flutter down. Even I'm I'm not saying, you know, where your, your leader lands and then your tippet comes down in a puddle. There's times and places for that cast and having a nice long supple leader can help with kind of that parachute style cast. However, even for a normal cast... Having a, a light leader allows that or excuse me light tippet allows that fly to kind of flutter down and, and land very very gently and make that delicate presentation because very few mayflies caddisflies and stoneflies of reasonable size splash some do but most don't so that that would be the the, the first thing that I would say is what tippet are you using now if if you think this is crazy go nuts talk uh, you know that your tippet is going to impact your fly fishing that much. Try, grab like a like a size like sixteen dry fly, and uh, under normal circumstances on a size sixteen, you know probably five x or six x. Um, put that on, make some cast with maybe five feet of of that tippet material, and then jump up and jump down in uh, tippet sizes. So maybe maybe try casting it with a four if you can get the four through the eye of the hook. You might be able to depending on the diameter of the tippet. Four, five, six, seven, and you'll notice a difference. Um, if you've been fishing all day, and you've been fishing with one particular um, weight of tippet, and you you know it gets chewed up, chewed up, chewed up, or you lose a fly, you snap a knot or something like that, and then you switch and you forgot maybe what width or length tippet you're using and what diameter tippet you're using, and you put on something different, you're going you're gonna to notice, if you're fishing the same fly, making the same presentation, you will notice a difference. If you've been fishing long enough and you have a little bit of, of, uh, of touch and, and feel and you can sense these things, you will notice a difference. And so, what that, that indicates is it does impact your cast and it does uh, impact your presentation. So, I'm talking about Tippet for a long time, but it's, it's one of those, again, underappreciated aspects of fishing. So, all right, Tippet. I would say that's very, very important. Uh, leader is another one that you, you know, if, if you're buying something off of the shelf, a um, knotless tapered leader. You know, down to 5X or something like that, it's going to work just fine. Uh, I've talked about this ad nauseum elsewhere, and so I'm not going to repeat it all here. If you want to know where I've talked about that, feel free to reach out. You can send you the links, or you can just search it on castingacross.com. But there are some very simple ways where you can take a knotless tapered leader off the shelf, cut it up a little bit, add in that tippet I was talking about, and have a, a spectacularly good performing uh dry fly leader and that is going to make all the difference in the world in the presentation as well as the cast so i am all about starting with knotless tapered leaders and then tying some new knots adding some tippet and i've been able to fish those very very well especially for dry flies Um, for dry flies and streamers i think that using a knotless tapered leader as a starting point is a great thing to do i think that to have less knots in that butt section that section of your your leader between your your fly line to leader connection and where your kind of fishing leader starts. So maybe you have like four or five feet to not have two or three extra knots in there and not to have big spools of bulky mono sitting around in your your fishing area. Knotless taper leaders is great for that. Okay, so very, very brief on that. There's a lot more that we could say. Um, I would say it's probably almost as important as tippet, but it's a little bit more involved and there's other resources out there on, on the website. So tippet leader here we go fly rod so there are some fly rods that are just dreams for fishing dry flies but of course what you run into is that you're going to have to compromise in one way the rods that are going to cast the furthest probably are going to have the stiffest tips which is not going to be the best for protecting those tippets that are lighter this is a problem i ran into with a five weight that i could just cast like a dream and i felt like i could get to a point where i was casting dry flies beautifully with this it could turn over light tippets light flies just bombing it on on big rivers and after two trips of just snapping decent sized fish after decent sized fish i realized that this thing just either either my skill is was and still is not what it should be which i'm not above that but after switching over other rods and fishing just fine um the tip of this thing was just way too stiff and so I'm not a huge fan of stiff tips for dry flies. Um, now, there are situations where you might need that. If you are um, fishing at distance, then you know you are going to need something that's to be able to cast further, and a stiffer tip is going to help with that. But again, I don't think that is the ideal setup for protecting those light tippets. So notice I haven't talked about line weight at all, because that doesn't matter. I mean, I have great rods that fish, that, that cast and fish for dry flies in two all the way up to six. And it's not like t- fishing tiny flies use the two weight and fishing big flies use the six weight. I would say that I have a soft late nineties, mid nineties Sage VPS, uh, graphite rod. That is one of my favorite light, tiny fly rods. Um, so not tiny light fly rods because it's a pretty good size six weight. But for when I am fishing uh, 6X and 7X on medium to large rivers, it is an excellent rod in presentation because it has a pretty powerful butt section and it has a, a taper that is able to turn over um, the entire uh, belly of the fly line, the head down into the belly. so like, you know, 30 to 40 feet and then a little bit of shooting line. And it, it has a delicate tip. And then the two weight, that I fish for a lot of uh, of tiny little attractor flies up in up in the mountains. It's a very similar taper. Um, it has a powerful butt section and a softer top. And so for that six weight, I'm able to cast you know 60 feet and and feel pretty confident in my ability to hook up with a fish if it takes at that at that distance. But again, that's not super common. That's not the situation I want to buy a fly rod for. Uh, I don't want to buy a fly rod for setting dry fly. Uh, takes at 75 feet. It's just not going to happen all the time for where I fish and for where most of us fish. So I'm confident in saying, you know what, if I can do this between 40 and 60 feet, then then that works just fine for me. I'm not going to buy something that, again, that that rod I talked about earlier, I I could get hook sets at 75 feet on dry fly takes. But once that fish got closer to me and it started jumping and lunging, I can't tell you how many fish, big fat, You know, 16, 18-inch fish I lost over the course of like two uh, multiple trips, um, multiple days in each trip, and and I that the the rod was the only different variable to missing fish to all the fish I caught on other rods. You can tell I'm a little salty about that. So that's that's really the only qualification or criteria that I really have for a dry fly rod is something that has a soft enough tippet to or tip to protect tippet and lighter. you know, light, lighter lines, and but something that has enough power to roll that cast over. Because if you go back to what I was talking about with the tippet, you're saying, okay, a a good leader under normal circumstances, you know, is going to run you between seven and ten feet for dry fly fishing because you want that, you know, anonymity of you don't want your fly line running over the top of that fish and lining them. But then for that presentation and to reduce drag, I like to add another like I said, five to six feet of tippet on top of that. So I'm routinely fishing bare minimum, you know, a 10 foot leader, but almost up to a 15 foot leader. And to have a rod that has enough power to generate the line speed where you can turn over a leader that has, you know, anything between like a 14 and a size 22 dry fly on six or seven X tippet. Your cast is going to have to be good, but it's awesome to have a little bit of help in a rod with a taper that is progressive enough with enough power in that butt section up into that middle section where it can turn that, that, uh, that leader over and allow that, that fly to go where you want it because you, you don't want that accuracy to be in like a 12-foot uh, radius. You're looking for like that 3-foot radius at, at that point. So at this point, you know, we kind of circle back to the beginning are we talking about uh, you know the gear making this happen or your skill and experience making it happen? Again, it's going to be skill and experience. Practice, time out on the water, time out on the lawn, getting your feel for stuff. But if you can have a leg up, use rod A versus rod B, uh, use tippet A over tippet B, then it's going to really give you a boost. All right, line. Line is, again, a better line is better for small money. So it's not going to be as cheap as buying a new tippet, but it's going to be a lot cheaper than buying a new fly rod. I've got a lot of content about about lines, but look at the different line tapers that are out there. I like a classic taper, so again, every every rod, or excuse me, uh, line manufacturer has different names, but you can kind of tell the, the difference between like the traditional taper, classic taper, um, you know, heritage taper, whatever it may be. It's going to be a normal belly that is is a a the head of the fly line up into the belly that's going to be the it's going to be longer you know maybe 25 to 35 feet something like that and then into your your um, running line but then you have these more like performance tapers which are going to open that up a little bit it's going to be more of a softer uh, transition from that head into the belly and then down into the uh into the, the the running line i think both work great i have some from one of the higher end line manufacturers and they both perform really really well i don't notice that much of a difference especially when i'm fishing longer leaders they turn them over very well but you i would say you you want to avoid really short fast tapers uh really fat bellies of that fly line and i'm not a fan not a fan of um you know uh level tapers or dual taper uh, fly lines for fishing dry flies. I, I mean, some guys like them for fishing small streams, but I just I think that it's just not not worth it. I, if my fly line is, is dying, I can you know spring for 50 more bucks. I'll take care of it so it doesn't die. But anyway, that's to say, n- no level taper and no super aggressive heads for for fishing dry flies, in my opinion. Your your cast it might work with with that but it that I would consider that atypical on one side of the bell curve, um and and not a normal normal cast, okay. So that was very very brief on what I often consider the one of the most important aspects of your terminal tackle in your line, but I would say that that's really it. Line, leader, tippet, fly rod. Um, beyond that, it's. A lot of little minutiae here and there make sure you have the right floatant make sure that you are keeping your line clean Uh, make sure that your reel is is balanced with your rod that impacts casting so so much to have a reel that is way too heavy or even a reel that is too light Uh, it's going to impact your cast and it's not going to allow you to do what that rod was designed for. That rod wasn't designed to be inhibited by a big clunky weight at the bottom of it. It was designed to be cast with a reel that is is balanced with your with your rod and so if that feels cumbersome if your your rod feels butt heavy because of a big heavy reel on there then you know what especially if you're fishing dry flies then go out and just buy a inexpensive cast reel and uh, and see how that that functions and if you're you 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 went all out and bought this space age super lightweight uh, fly reel and it feels like your rod is tip heavy then get a little bit of lead tape or something like that and wrap it around the inside of the spool before you uh, you put your, your backing on there and you might notice a, a difference. Uh, again, I have an article um, about that on the uh, website. I think it's called the tail of the tape or something like that. Anywho, so that's just a few quick ideas as you are maybe daydreaming with me about going dry fly fishing. Uh, hopefully you have what you need, but if not and you're in the market, then you know, go out and buy those, you know, couple of uh, three or four dollar spools of tippet. And uh, that may very well be what you need to make your presentation with a fly out in front of the fish and your cast getting your fly out in front of the fish a little bit better and to elicit a few more strikes. This week on castingacross.com, two great articles that actually got, um, I mean, I wrote them, so I think they're great. I wouldn't put them out if I didn't think they were great. Um, two, how about this? Two articles I think you'll enjoy. The first one was called Qualify Reels engineered to fish. Qualify reels engineered to fish. So I am we are a few weeks out from the Edison Fly Fishing Show and and because of the weather catastrophe that came through that weekend, I had a lot of time to talk to vendors and they had a lot of time to talk to me because it wasn't a huge line of people behind me. And I got to talk to a lot of really great folks as well as some people I'd never met before, some brands that I I only maybe saw here or there on social media or something like that. And one of those was Qualify reels q u a l i f l y and their colors are bright which is not you know unusual in that space in in fly fishing but i was also really impressed with the very unique design aspects of each one of these reels a lot of times it is people make make variations in design by very small increments each one of their reels possesses unique design elements that uh, that sep- separate them from a lot of the other reels that are out there. Um, so I wrote about them. I, I wrote a little bit about what makes them tick and and why they do what they do. But the cool thing about Qualify is that they uh, supplied with us with a uh, discount code so that you can check out these reels for 10% off. So I'll actually share that at the end. That'll be the uh, episode recommendation here at the end. So so hang hang tight for a few minutes and I'll share that discount code for Qualify reels. Wednesday's article was called How to Not Kill Your Sunglasses. So this is one of those things that you think everyone knows, but then you have the conversation over and over again. Um, and you realize not everybody knows it. But what it comes down to is that a lot of people, even within fly fishing and outdoor pursuits and stuff like that, buy cheap sunglasses, gas station, Walmart sunglasses, which there's nothing wrong with that. If that's what you want to do, if that's what you can afford. There's no judgment there. But people who spend $500, $700 on reels and rods, and then turn around and buy cheap sunglasses because, well, I always break them. Well, do you always break fly rods? And if not, why not? What do you do different with your fly rods that they stay intact, but your sunglasses break? Well, you take care of your fly rods. You have a tube for your fly rods. You have a rod sock. You clean them. You, you rinse them off after you've been in the salt water. If you can do that to a pair of sunglasses, then maybe you can fish with a really high quality pair of sunglasses and experience the benefits of that. So I write about just some very basic stuff that I do for my sunglasses because I only fish with, uh, and drive with and hike with and run with high quality sunglasses. And I haven't had them all die on me. And so again, everyone has their different priorities. One of my priorities is good, uh, good sunglasses. This week's recommendation on the podcast is Qualify Reels. Now, as I say in the article, and as maybe you've uh, you've uh, figured out by now, I've not fished with one of these reels. I've played with them. I've played with every one of their models: uh, the Maverick, the Razorback, and the Carbon Tech. They're fun, good-looking, solidly built reels with tight tolerances. And for me, that's one of my my biggest um, criteria when I'm looking at a reel is that the tolerances are tight, that they don't wobble as you take them apart and put them together. Um, super solid little reels, Uh, but I haven't finished them, but I'm saying this is the kind of reel that you should look at, both because of what I perceive to be its quality, as well as its accessibility. Uh, Looking at these reels compared to other reels of their caliber on the market, these are going to be more affordable. And part of the reason why is because they are not spending a lot of money on marketing they are relying on word of mouth. And as a small company, that's fine for them for now. So I would say check them out. If you're in the market for a new reel, check out Qualify Reels. There'll be a link to their page on this podcast's show notes on castingacross.com. And you can use Casting Across 10 to get 10% off your purchase of Qualify Reels. Um, Use that, get 10% off Casting Across 10 and uh, check it out play with it, put it on your rods, make sure it balances with your rod if, if, after you spool it up with Reel and, and go out in there and play with it. But I'm really impressed by Qualify, and uh, I think that you will be too. And uh, I, I've talked to some folks that have used them and uh, I've heard nothing but good things. So definitely check that out. Qualify Reels casting across 10 is your discount code. Thanks for listening to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. Please subscribe in your favorite podcast app and rate the podcast on iTunes. Then head over to castingacross.com for three posts a week on the people, places, and things that go into the pursuit of fish.